forward. Welcome back, everyone, for episode seven of Financial Way. It's, it's been a long time. Dan here, back again with Abe. Today's topic is buttload of money, millionaires, billionaires of the world, and the rich and poor mindset. So, uh, yeah, let's get right to our first story. So, first story comes from Reddit. It's labeled, once I save that first 100K, what do I do with it? I've heard it said that saving that first 100,000 is a huge milestone, and after that, it becomes easier. Because you can make your money work for you, and you can also just, you know, not be poor, to put it uh, to put it bluntly. So, what should I do with the 100K? A down payment on real estate, index funds, premium income ETFs, bonds, stocks, high-yield savings accounts? Obviously, I don't want to spend it. I'd rather invest the capital and wait for it to appreciate. All right. Quick and fast story. Abe, kick us off. I mean, so it's very interesting. And I think it's something that a lot of people think of. But we should probably break down that story because there's a lot of great things that he mentioned um, and that they should definitely be discussed. So I think the first part is the fact that he accumulated 100000 uh, That's That on its own is an achievement to a lot of people because it's just their paychecks or whatever they're doing, they would have to save up for a good amount of time before they're able to accumulate such amount of money. Uh, so when you try to tackle like what you should do with that money, it's probably never going to be easy because everybody's like, oh, I worked so hard. I have to like, I have to make this like concrete plan where that money is going to go to something that's going to make me a lot of money. And like, it's not going to go to waste. Uh, and then it also depends on how much work is, is he willing to do? Uh, so if he's willing to like do a good amount of work and like, he's going to work for it, let's, let's say like real estate, real estate is a good option because right away you can just buy a flip, maybe $80,000, put $15,000 to spend on it and like make it like renovations and then you can sell it for 130 140 That's a great idea, but it takes a lot of time. If you want to go with, like, you have a job and you just want to, like, take it easy, go with the ETFs. What do you think, Danny? No, definitely. You hit it right on the right on the head. I, I mean, lots of great suggestions. If this person does have the 100K, it sounds like it's kind of just, like, forward thinking. Like, once I do have it, what do I do with it? That's kind of where my mind kind of saw it, but I see some of these comments they interpret it as in, okay, I have the 100K, what do I do now with it kind of question. But um, I mean, like you said, 100K, that's that's no small feat. That's really, really good. Not a lot of people have that much money. We don't know this person's age. We don't know exactly how they got there. We don't know even how this money is stored, but they have 100K. That's, that's, a, that's a very solid start. Um, and like you mentioned, real estate's possibility, index funds, if you want to keep it light, ETF, uh, ETFs, if you want to go down that route, um, bond stocks, if you want to be a little bit more risky with stock market, or if you want to be still more conservative with bonds. And a high yield savings account is if you have it for liquidity purposes, not more so for high interest or high returns, but just to keep it in case you need it for whatever reason. But um, this is a really good rich mindset. I mean, for starters, this person said in the beginning, or it said at the very end of their statement saying, I don't want to spend it frivolously. And also he said in the beginning of the statement, he wants to make the money work for you. He said, that's where he heard it from. I'm not so sure where he heard this from, but ideally though, 
over time, this interest, if he puts it into a fixed income security, or if he has it in, for example, the stock market or whatever, then it'll just compound and it'll just grow over time. Um, either way, different forms of just growing what you have and, and growing your balances. But I think this person has a really good mindset. They, they sound like they want to do better for themselves. They want to keep it growing and they don't want to waste that money on what a typical you know, poor mindset would have. I think it'd be good to separate those differences. Abe. What is a poor mindset to you specifically? So there was a quote once, I can't really uh, remember who said it, but it was like, the, uh, the poor, they save. The rich, they invest. And it really resonates with me because it kind of makes sense. Like if you think about it, especially with what's going on right now, inflation just kills your money. And if your money is not generating more money, then you're saving whatever you're saving, the value of that money goes down. But if you have it in like some kind of ETF investments, like uh, real estate or even the stock market, at least it's going to be going up in value. So it kind of like it stays valuable or it's at least making more money. So like it, it's keeping up with the inflation. To me, I feel like that is a part of what I think of. But the other thing is, I think a lot of people want to live in kind of like in the moment where like they want to enjoy now and they don't want to like think about like 5, 10, 15 years in the future. Mm -hmm. I think when, when the rich think of a plan, they think of a plan that will work 5, 10, 15 years from today and that's going to make them that much money in the future or it's going to change this kind of aspect in the future. But the poor mindset, they think about today. How can I enjoy what I have today? Like, can I go and like, if I go and buy a TV today, I get to enjoy that. Or if I do this today, I get to enjoy that. They don't think in the future. And I think that's, that's when a lot of the times that goes wrong. But yeah, what do, what do you think? When you think of like the rich mindset and the poor mindset, what do you expect? What do you think of? No, definitely. I think you hit it right. I mean, that investing in that saving quote really is true because those those words don't mean the same thing. A lot of people think they mean the same thing. And it's a very big misinterpretation saving you're just holding on to money basically you're putting it in some savings or checking account or whatever and you're just holding it for it to not do anything investing is kind of like saving in a sense but you do have that risk that's run with it where you could lose it all so you're not technically saving but if whatever you're invested in is pretty secure for example like a fixed income security or a bond or whatever um, you know, the, the likelihood of it reaching zero is like slim to none. Like it's never going to happen unless the world is collapsing. But I mean, even then, the idea is that you want it to grow, you want it to be invested, and then you want those interests or you want those compounding um, increments to also compound as well with the total principal and for it to just keep growing and growing overall. I mean, it's it's really dependent, but I remember me and Abe talked a little bit ago about what it actually means to spend what you make. You know, you have people who have this interpretation of, oh, I get to buy a TV. Like you're talking about, Abe, I get to buy a TV because I made this amount of money. Yeah, that, that's great. That's a great way to spend your money if you want to, you know, enjoy yourself in the moment, have a good time, create memories. That That's great. You should spend your money on things that give you meaningful memories and experiences. But you shouldn't be buying multiple TVs. You shouldn't be buying multiple different beds or 
heavy, like, you know, crazy amounts of money just thrown around like that just because you think you've earned it, that you can spend it. Okay, it's your money. Yeah. If you want to spend it, go ahead. But then this is where you really start to shoot yourself in the foot because you have other people on the spectrum who are basically like, okay, I made this money. Let's instead of having to buy all of, you know, for example, these luxury cars or going out on, you know, fancy dinners every weekend or every day, honestly, even. What if I let my money grow over time so that it's just super easy for me to live off my investments rather rather than having to constantly work every single day going up until you're like 62 and getting literally social security. I mean, it, it's super dependent on what people's goals are, but for a young person in particular, why why is it so important for for us to save? What's what's the biggest factor we have going forward? See, I think the biggest part is you just mentioned social security and I think a lot of people they don't realize this, but once they are at the age where they actually are getting so their social security, they realize how little they are getting every month and that they probably should have saved a little bit more or like done something to be able to prepare mm -hmm. for that day because that day it's, it's coming for all of us, obviously. But I think people just don't realize how little it is until they actually get there. And then yeah. at that point, then they have to adjust from their lifestyle, whatever it was to like downgrade to this lifestyle because this is all you can afford and it it's not right i mean you probably should be preparing yourself for that day so when that day comes you can have like a fallback of some kind of money that you can go to so you can probably maintain the same lifestyle and i think no, i think that's the sure. biggest problem definitely no and i mean i i can't remember what the statistic was i i need to find it online but I remember it being where people who are using social security to this day, those retirees are basically only covering, I think like literally less than 50, if not 40% of all needed expenses with just simply social security, which is very, very bad. If you're solely relying on that, you're not covering your needed, your, your actual needed expenses and things to help you get through. And I think too, the point I was trying to get across was we have time. We have time on our side. We're young. We don't have, I would assume from a health perspective, we don't have as many health issues. We're not fragile. We're not, you know, undergoing different medical conditions in comparison to someone who would be older would have. I mean, you have all these things where you want to work for yourself so that later down the road, you don't have to worry about this stuff. Because I know, especially when you get older, you know, it's going to be harder, especially if you have a more laboring in inducive job, or if you have, you know, a very stressful job, you don't want to be old and have all these different stress factors kind of pinning you down, where it could definitely be detrimental to your overall health. It's just not worth it. It doesn't make sense to have it. Yet, when you spend like crazy and don't realize the actual impacts of saving and investing, then you're going to realize, wow, I, I, I regret it. I really regret not doing it. I can promise you a lot of people regret this and it's good to start now. There's is is there a thing Abe as saving or investing too late? Is that a thing? Do you think that exists? Nope. Never no. does, never will. It doesn't even matter if you're 61 or 62 or even in your 70s. If you need to save money to save money so that later down the road, if you even think you can to be able to not have an emergency or to lose all your money, dude, just invest, save. 
get it going. There is no reason for you to not be able to do this unless you're li literally living scrap by scrap. I understand. But then at that point, we have to break it down from a different perspective. What's causing you to not save enough? Is it because of your spending? Is it because of your income? Is it because of your environment? Like we, there's so many different variables that come down to it. But I think this discussion really hits the main points for people who do have the ability to spend and to save with that spending. But it's just a lot of people don't. And it's it's a really big reality check for people later down the road when they're in their mid-30s and 40s and they're like, wow, I should have been saving this whole time. And I could have seen how progress over the stock market could have immediately projected my net worth so much higher by many multiples if I had just done it at an earlier age. And exactly. again, there's there's no such thing as being late with it. I think a lot of people are just sometimes scared to know what it means to invest. Abe, what does it mean to invest? What do you think is the biggest issue that's kind of going around with people who haven't started investing yet, especially as older and more mature adults? Um, it's a couple of things. So, I mean, first of all, when I think of investing, I think of when I put my money, this money is going to make more money. That's investing. Uh, and that's the difference between saving. Saving, you're just putting it in like under the mattress or you're putting it in the bank and your money doesn't grow. It just, it stays there. Mm -hmm. Investing, you have to actually accumulate more money from your money being there. You're basically putting your money to work. Now, I think what's stopping people from investing is the fact that they're maybe terrified of losing their money. Uh, maybe they're claiming that that money is necessary for them right now because they have a lot of uh, things that they need to buy, like living is expensive, or it's just a matter of they don't feel comfortable investing because they feel like, oh, I'm going to have to put in so much work to re um, like be more knowledgeable about how to invest and I don't have the time for it and just rather than not do it. It's, I feel like people always have an excuse of why they can't invest. Uh, and those excuses, to be honest, are probably never, ever like credible or really accurate of why they don't want to invest. I think a lot of the times it's just laziness or they don't want to do it. It's just or... lack of knowledge, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's people who are just scared to not understand the reality. Like just a clear cut example. This is no at all disrespect to my girlfriend. But she's not a finance, she's not a business major. She's not someone who comes from that background. So for her to just not understand that reality of what it means to compound and, and grow your essential investments, it, it's just not going to wrap, wrap around her mind. You you physically have to kind of show those, those that, that intention and the growth through actual progress. And for me and Abe to still be in our very young careers, of going through investing and and actually seeing the purpose of long-term investing, it's kind of hard to show that at the moment just because we haven't been in the market for that long. But the idea, though, is that you're supposed to start as soon as possible, regardless of how the market is doing, so that over time you see that actual growth. Because even if the market goes up 1% each year, you're going to see it exponentially grow over time through many valleys, troughs. You're going to see many highs and lows. You're going to see many mountains. You're going to see markets like we're exper experimenting and experiencing now. I mean, it's just really one of those situations where you have to just get in there and just stop fighting the unknown and just understand what you're getting into. Because people, like I'm mentioning right here, my girlfriend, 
she it's not that she's dumb. She's not dumb at all. She's one of the smartest people I know. She's probably but smarter than both of us combined. <laughs> yeah, literally. She she knows everything that I could probably throw at her. But the idea is that she just doesn't understand or come from that background where it makes it so hard for individuals like herself to really see that. And for a lot of people, it might be even just bad experiences that ultimately cause them to not be in the market at all. Oh, I lost all of my money in shitcoin. Like what? That no crypto. There's a whole lot of exceptions to this rule because simply people just don't understand what they're getting into. And the whole idea of making sure you're investing in the right place is first off doing your due diligence. You have a brokerage account. Are you putting money in your account? Are you making sure you're getting cleared with your job if you need to get it cleared? Are you making sure you know where your money is when you actually buy something or selling something? You understand all the intricacies of it. It might sound complicated. It might sound in-depth. But it's important for you to know this because just like life, life has full of complexities that eventually you'll have to learn down the road that this is really no different. All of these people that we know in our lives that are rich, I can promise you, have forms of investment. They are investing highly in large amounts to the point where it's just, it's a huge cycle for them. It's cyclical for them to constantly keep doing it over and over again, regardless of what's going on around them. They're just going to keep doing it forever. Doesn't matter what time of day, month, year, they're going to keep doing it. And once they finally feel comfortable retiring, then, hey, maybe not put as much money in the market. But you can still see that their money is still stemming from the stock market or at least some form of an investment. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I I definitely agree with you. And like another thing is the reason why you should probably start early is because you can learn and you can afford to make the mistakes early on. So once you start, I mean, when I first started investing in the stock market, I probably lost a good amount of money because... It's just I was stupid and I was trying new things and I was just trying different forms of investments. But it definitely prepares you for when the market goes like like what we have right now, where like we're at all-time lows for a good amount of things. So it's a good time to buy. One that happens, you are you understand that that's a good amount of like that's good when you um sorry, that is good time to actually buy uh, and you can make a good amount of money. But if you just never knew anything about investments or stock market and you start right now, you're going to be fearful. You're not going to know what's going to happen. And if the stock goes down right now, you're probably going to sell and you're going to take a loss. But what if you were in the market earlier, you would know, okay, it's it's down, ah, it's down right now. I'm going to buy. If it goes down more, I'll just keep buying more because I know what this stock is worth and it's going to be like triple in like five years. And that is something that you get with time. So that's why we're saying might as well start early. It's true. It's very true. This is one of those things like I was mentioning earlier where you really got to experiment. But if you want to play it safe, simple ETFs and indices are the way to go. ETI, VU, can't go wrong with them. All right. I think this is a perfect segue actually for our next story. This really, I would say, highlights the mentality of a poor mindset. So story goes from Reddit. Lost $400,000, my whole net worth to the Terra Luna collapse, and have never and have never been glad ever since, 19 years old. So this is a huge story, but I'm basically going to sum down uh, just a first couple of paragraphs and then a couple of the bottom paragraphs. But basically it starts off, 
So it all started 2021 when I discovered Luna at a dollar per share. I sold all my Ethereum and got around 4K. And then I wanted to invest into something else. And I really trusted TerraVisions and I put them into Luna and held them for over a year and managed to turn them up, turn them into over 400,000 when Luna hit $100 per share. I sold all of my share and was super glad with the fortune I made. I chose to put 400K into Terra's yield pool that generates yield for the UST, which is equal to Luna's stablecoin. I gained around five to six K dollars each month from the stablecoin yield. I lived my dream life while I was more than ever happy. And I hopped out of school since my net worth was at 400,000 at just 19 years old. Life was going good. I started to travel around the world and was just a life enjoyer. And then fast forward until May, 2022, the stablecoin lost peg and Luna went straight to zero. And the UST pool had my funds into my tokens, which was worth $0 since the stablecoin went below two cents from $1 and Luna fell from 120 to zero. The very bottom, it says, the only reason why I put them into stablecoin yield pool was because I thought it would never depeg since Terra was gaining hella exposure and was doing good. I think just from those two paragraphs alone, it just goes to show that you cannot be this stupid. It is so hard <laughs> to really be this fucking stupid, yet people <laughs> are this fucking dog. As a 19-year-old who has $400,000, how much greedier can you get? How do you not understand the circumstances of where you're putting your money and realizing, hey, I have all this money in one single asset. Let's keep it going and seeing how it goes. Hey, what the heck is going on here? Please break it down. Yeah, I'm sorry. This guy's a dumbass. Uh, I mean, it just shows you that he was never an investor. Uh, it seems like he was lucky i don't want to use that word but no it is it is literal luck he, is he was kind gambling. of lucky yeah he, he just he got in at the right time and something just boomed and he made so much money and he thought he was a legit investor so he was like let's hop on the next good thing but i'm gonna be so smart and i'm gonna put four hundred thousand dollars basically everything that i made into practically not even like cryptocurrency like this is like a shit coin is what they really are called, where it has no value. It has nothing. Not that any of them have value, but let's put all that money into this coin that I have no idea what it does because nobody really does uh, and see what happens. And just because it gives me a good yield, it doesn't mean that you should put all your money in it. So I'm sorry, but this kind of this kid kind of got what he deserved. Uh, he was basically gambling money and he has learned a very, very expensive lesson about cryptocurrency and i bet you in the future he's never going to touch cryptocurrency again and he's going to actually probably research what the hell he's buying into before he actually just puts a ton of money in it and makes a good amount of money honestly i that, that should just be basic common sense right there figuring out what the hell you're buying and realizing what the returns and risks are that's that's priority number one if you're ever going to buy something, realize what the hell you're buying. I think that's common sense. It goes the same thing when you're going to Walmart and you're going to buy a TV. You don't just go in there and buy a blender and thinking, oh, let's see if I got a TV. Like, what? Like, what the hell? What are you talking about? Like, you have to realize the actual transaction in which you're partaking in for you to realize, hey, is this good? Is this smart? Is this bad? Is this risky? This is straight gambling at its highest form. There's, there's nothing investing about this or anything smart about this just because you make a lot of money doesn't make you smart 
I think that's a very big principle that a lot of people are are just cannot grasp. If you win the lottery, you're not smart. You just got lucky. If you won the jackpot in a casino, you're not smart. You just got lucky. If you're winning all these luck-based games, you're not good. You just got lucky. Wrap that around your head for God's sake. It's it's crazy to me how it doesn't matter what the circumstance led you to get there. People just like to believe the fact that if you made money and you made it very profitable, whether or not it was legit or not, whether or not it was luck or not or skill-based or not, they just like to believe that, hey, you have something worth listening to. And I can promise you all these influencers, whether it's TikTok or whatever, they're probably scamming you, trying to get you to listen to what they have to say simply because you're paying them money by giving them views. Literally, you're just handing them over money, not your personal money, but just money in general that's monetizing their content. And then literally, that's growing so many views to where now a much bigger platform is listening to all these fake influencers telling them, hey, this is how to grow your money. And then they're basically telling you, hey, let's buy a crypto. You know, let's buy something. That's what's going on with all of these celebrities right now and all these infamous stories of just people getting sued by the SEC or whatever, simply because they thought it was a great idea to promote their own crypto, you know, company or whatever. It's like, no, that makes no sense. Can can you think that people get blinded by the returns that they don't see the risk? Yes, yes, yes. It's not even, it's not even like blinding. This is straight up like, (laughs) I don't even know the words to describe how stupid it is. It's just stupidity. Like, I, I feel like, you know when something's in front of you, but you don't see it, and you're so blinded by the fact, or you're just so concentrated on something else that you don't realize that the answer's mm-hmm. right in front of you? Like, that's exactly how it is with money. A lot of people like to believe that, hey, like, there's a quick answer. There's a quick, rich scheme to go through. I don't have to put all this work and effort. Like, that is such bullshit. You have to work super hard to get stuff. And for those who don't have to do that and get still money, Dude, props to you, man. You got lucky as fuck. There's no other answer to go around that. That's not shared. That's not a shared strategy. That's simply just down See, to just very fortunate circumstances that led your way. Now, going back to our topic, what do you think the like if you made four hundred thousand dollars from this lucky time? What do you think the difference between the rich mindset and the poor mindset would be? I think what this guy did was definitely the poor mindset. What do you think very, the rich very. mindset would have been? No matter how many times people would tell me that this guy made 400 grand, I would never say that this was a rich mindset because this story would have never existed had this gone the other way from the get go. Mm-hmm. No other way. And again, but what about like to make this, the money? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, from a rich mindset, okay, let's say this guy got $400,000. Let's say in a different circumstance or a different scenario, you inherited $400,000 because one of your I don't know, grandparents or, or family members passed, passed away and they inherited you and left something in their will for you, specifically that valued up to 400000 At that point, at that very moment, you would first disperse that money into different allocations so you're not facing specifically some type of individual idiosyncratic risk that comes from holding it into one specific allocation. You don't want all of your risk deemed from one thing because in this exact in this exact very situation where this person lost literally everything from this one collapse, this is as worse as you'll get it. 
there's no other way to work around that. You want to avoid this by simply just investing in diversifying. That's it. Plain and simple. I, I think people don't realize that you should be putting money into bonds. You should be putting money into stocks. You should be putting money into assets that grow. You should be putting it into anything that will, one, A, not just sit there, or B, just not spend it. I think it's as simple as the answers of what the other Reddit post replied that I feel like, hey, this guy perfectly set himself up for a 19-year-old. You know how many people have $400,000 at one time in their life? Very few people. <laughs> Very freaking few people. Crazy. No, that's, I mean, that's very true, honestly. I mean, the funny thing is, like, there are people out there that are big, big, like, investors, and they don't believe in diversification, and Warren Buffett is one of them. But you have to understand a couple of things when he's investing. First of all, he doesn't invest in shit coins, and he doesn't invest in things that he doesn't understand. So when Warren, someone like Warren Buffett is investing, he, be, he invests in companies that he truly understands. The man didn't get into Apple because he didn't understand it. And when he did, he felt like he was too late, but he still did it. Uh, the man basically buys things he truly understands. And he's like, okay, I see, I see where this business is going 5, 10, 15 years from now. And I can see how I can make money. That's one. Second thing is he's investing very heavily with a lot of cash that he kind of can control how the stock goes. That's one. Uh, the second thing is, let's say for people that invest in real estate, same thing. If I truly understand everything about real estate, most likely I will be in real estate and I'm going to keep most of my money in real estate. But you can still sort of diversify by buying commercial. You can buy residential. You can buy apartments. You can do a lot of different things. Uh, and sure. this dude, he's a dumbass. Uh, he just invested in something that has truly no value. And he invested basically all the money he has. He was practically gambling, and it's it's not the rich mindset. The rich mindset would be like what Danny said, kind of like diversifying a little bit, allocating it in different things, uh, maybe buying like a little bit of Apple, a little bit of like Tesla, whatever he's buying. It's just things that actually have a future, not something that just came out like two days ago, and people are just blowing it up because they want to make more money. It's basically like what Dogecoin was. It has no value. No one really knows what the hell that is. But it was all something crypto. that had big hype. Yeah, I mean, it just has hype. Really and the hype always dies down. That's the thing. Like when Dogecoin came out, it was hyped a lot, and it lost its hype. And now it's just, it's stable. It doesn't do anything. It's lost its hype. It doesn't go anywhere. It's true. I think uh, an episode on crypto would be really valuable just for the sake of understanding what it actually is, why we believe it's such bullshit, and why you should be very cautious investing in it just simply because another person tells you so and they made a lot of money. I think a story like this is a perfect example of why you should not believe who individuals say that they have a lot of money think that this investment is the one to go. It's just, it's not the case. It's really not the case. It's a lot of, it's a lot of bullshit and a lot of luck involved. So we'll definitely have an episode of Crypto in the future. And yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in for episode seven. Again, this is not financial advice. The information in this podcast is provided for education and informational purposes only. We are not experts. We are not making any decisions, financial investments, trading, or anything like that. We just want you to understand and see stuff from a more independent due diligence perspective. 
and it kind of just put our intake into it. We're not telling you to invest in anything specific. Everything we're saying is mere just simply what we're thinking off our heads. We are not telling you we are not financial advisors or anything like that. So thanks, everyone, for episode seven, and we'll catch you on the next one.